Hello, Pong Stars, and welcome to the Rat Hole. This is your host, Commissioner Zach Eichton, with my wonderful and lovely co-host, team owner John Stevens. John, welcome to the program. Thank you, as always. Um, a little bit sadder this week than I have been in previous appearances, even though technically I had my best week score-wise. It was my first loss of the season, so... Good on you, Sam. I think Zach may have kind of jinxed me by talking about how good I was against Sam in the past. Yeah, that's um, that's my bad on that. So hopefully we'll avoid that going forward. But well done, Sam. You should feel good about yourself, maybe. And uh, yeah, good to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have everybody uh, listening in. I do want to just before we get into the full recaps here. Um, mentioned that the Pong Star Pick'em is alive and well, and just want to give a quick update on the scoring. Of course, this is in the database, so anybody can go look at it. It updates live um, on the website. Um, click that OneDrive link. You should be able to get access to it. We're on the Pick'em 2021 tab, of course. Um, and I got to say, so far, boys, uh, a lot of stinkers this year in picks. Um, a lot of red on the board, especially this past week. Um all 10, all 10 people picked Noel in last week's pick them. Um, obviously, that did not go well for Noel. Um, I will say almost everybody picked Zach, which apparently that was a really great pick. Um, who would have possibly thought that when you don't get 140 points scored on you, you have a better chance of winning? Weird. Yeah, very <laughs> weird. But um, lots of red in the, last, uh, in the last board here. But quick update on scores. Uh, John, congratulations. You are actually tied right now with Sam in first place. Um, nice. Both of you are at 11 total points. Josh is in second total points uh, <laughs> with 10 with ten on the board here. Um, coming in at uh, another tie here uh, is at eight points, Lucas and Noel. Uh, congratulations to both of you. Uh, another weird that it's close matchups between the people that were playing against each other. True. Um, very strange. Um, I'm coming in next with seven total points, um, which, yeah, it's fine. I'm four back. That's not a great spot to be in, but, you know, plenty of season left, 14 weeks of of play left on this. Um, Coming in next is Brennan uh, with six total points, then Tony with five, and then Thomas and Drew tied with four total points. Now, I want to emphasize why that is. uh, It's bad for Drew, but why it's extra bad for Thomas. Drew did not submit picks in week two. <laughs> uh, so that's a big fat zero in the week two column for Drew. Uh, so for Thomas to have the same number of points, they're obviously uh, not looking great for the dog sniffers. Um, this week was especially bad. Only getting one uh, last week. He only got one. Um, so let's, let's see how we can uh, pick it up from here. I would say. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, sounds like most of the league has picked more games incorrectly than correctly so far. Yes. So not good. It, it has been a, it has been a tough go, but I think we're uh, potentially seeing a, a reshaping of people's opinions about individual teams right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think going forward, we might start to see some names that don't typically get picked, uh, getting some more uh, nods in the pickup. Um, but to that point, let's uh, head on over to our recap for this week. All right, let's get into matchup number one, which is the gluten freaks versus the spring chickens. 
Um, the Freaks getting the first wing win here uh, and the Spring Chickens moving to one and two as well with a pretty dismal performance uh, without Dalvin Cook in the lineup here. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, to be honest, your team, with the exception of Josh Allen and the Saints defense, really didn't go crazy. Well, Austin Eckler. Yeah, but, I mean, that's not crazy for him. Like, he's projected 16 points, scores 19 I mean, other than that, everybody else on your team was basically either at or below projections. So uh, the Saints defense came through huge. So good pick, good pickup with them playing the matchup there. And then Josh Allen, obviously you're starting him every week and he finally had a big week after his first two weeks weren't, you know, anything special. So he definitely uh, helped yourself out. And then looking at Brennan's team, uh, you know, we've talked before about the kind of boomer bust from Brennan and frankly, he didn't really do either. He didn't, he didn't completely bust this week, but he did have the lowest score out of anybody in the league, but you know, 95 still isn't that bad. Definitely had a chance to win if maybe he played a different team, but happened to face yourself this week and just didn't put up that solid of a performance. Yeah, I think it's, um, uh, my my team, I will say, I think has been uh, looked down on a little bit um, unnecessarily, uh, just given an 0-2 start uh, to the season, um, obviously going up against some really tough, tough teams. Um, and yeah, finally having a team that didn't go bananas on me was helpful. Um, I I will say for Brennan, I think that if, if this is his bust, if we're looking at Brennan as the Mike Evans or the Tyler Lockett of fantasy football here, um, if his floor is 95 points, which is roughly what he got a week ago as well, um, that's a pretty solid floor. It's maybe not going to cut it for a win every week, um, but against certain teams, uh, that's definitely a winnable score. Um, I think Dak Prescott had a down game from what I was expecting him to have. Um, as a result, of course, CD had a down game. Um, Gronk not getting two touchdowns made a difference there. And then honestly, Hollywood Brown has been, ugh, has been difficult to watch um, <laughs> just with how many drops he's having. But, you know, if he, if he makes a couple more of those catches, that could have been a really solid score um, for Marquise Brown as well. Definitely. Yeah. I'm really surprised with Dak Prescott's play in particular. Um, I think most people thought that, I mean, a lot of people were going into the season saying like, Oh yeah, Dak's breaking the record. Like he's going to throw for 5,000 plus yards. Like he's going to go crazy. And with the exception of the first week, which wasn't, I mean, he's, I think he scored like 27 or 28, but it wasn't absurd. And since then he's had two, you know, one really down performance and then one that was just pretty average for QB in the league. So I don't know. It's, I, you know, it was a tough choice that Brennan had to make between keeping him or Aaron Rodgers, but as of now, it's not looking great for uh, the keep on Dak Prescott, but hopefully for Brennan's sake, he'll be able to turn it around. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely tough. Um, you know, Brennan having Elijah Mitchell and Dalvin Cook out. I mean, Brennan had one of the highest uh, percentages of max possible points uh, scored this week. He, he maxed out at 109 points, even if he had started a perfect lineup. Um, so points to Brennan on that. Like, even if I didn't start my max lineup, you wouldn't have been able to beat like, you know, that, that's always kind of nice to see. I feel like it's like, all right, well, just you had a lot of injuries and um, yeah, stuff like that. Out, it was always going to be tough this week for Brennan, but yeah, 
Um, yeah, maybe he should have traded for uh, Alexander Madison. He got about 20 points. Brennan would have been right there and yeah. would have had a much better chance at winning. So should have, could have, would have. One, but that was uh, clearly a bad move by Brennan to not get Madison. And hindsight is one for me on not starting Brandon Cooks, even though he's scored over 15 points every week. I am going to fix that. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to think that Bobby Trees is coming out of the lineup this week for uh, Brandon Cooks or one of them. Yeah. One or, of their other I mean, or, or Julio. Um, yeah. someone, someone's going to be uh, taking a sit this week um, as we <laughs> move forward. But uh, let's get on over to our next matchup here, which of course is worse than trash versus the dog sniffers. Uh, Tony taking the win, moving to two and one uh, over Thomas, um, who moves to one and two now um, on, the, on the year. Yeah, I am absolutely terrified of Najee Harris after he yeah. got 19 targets as a running back. Yeah. Uh, caught 14 of those passes and put up 20 fantasy points. So he put up 20 fantasy points without getting a touchdown, um, and he only had 40 rushing yards. So definitely seems like maybe Najee Harris is starting to come around now. He did play Cincinnati, who's not like a stellar team by any measure, but that's definitely a good sign for Tony. Um, Tyler Lockett finally had his down week. Yeah. Only five points, but thankfully for Tony, again, he had Najee Harris. Stafford had a really good game. Clyde had a good game. Jefferson had a good game. So he's able to get production from other places and was able to come home with the win. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think I saw that. Tony put Tyler Lockett up on the trade block. He's maybe starting to realize that it really was a fluke what happened in the first two couple of games, kind of like what happens every year. So it'll be interesting to see if any if he gets any action on that because he does have other great receivers. He can obviously start here. He would start over Tyler Lockett. And, you know, Tyler Lockett's also vying for a position with uh, DeAndre Swift for his flex spot. So Hard to know how much longer Lockett will really be a starter on this side, but you know, obviously not a bad player to have on the bench just in case you have an injury. So yeah, for sure. I uh I am wondering um how Tony's feeling. I think I, I haven't verified this in the database yet, just didn't have time before we started recording here. This might be Tony's first time being the top scorer on the week. Um yeah. and that you know that that is that's impressive, Tony. Um, congratulations on that. Um, certainly one of the few times that that happens, even with, uh, you know, having uh, a flex player that, you know, could have been DeAndre Swift or Melvin Gordon in there instead, um, or Jamar Chase, uh, any of those guys could have been in there rather than Tyler Lockett and would have had a, had a, had an even higher score. You know, he maxed Tony maxed out, I think highest this week, um, at 151.12 um, possible points this week. Yeah, it is pretty funny that Tony scored the most points in the league uh, in the week that really nobody had that good of a week. Yeah. And there was just a lot of parity throughout the league this week. Everybody's score was between 95 and 125. So we were all bunched together. Nobody really broke out. Nobody really had a terrible performance. So, yeah, good for you for getting the top score this week, Tony. But it definitely wasn't anything special. I believe it was – still probably less than what his projection was. I don't think it's, I don't think really any team met their original projection. So. Yeah. I don't, I was kind of a down week for sure. Um, I would, I do want to talk about Thomas though, and a surprising development um, late in the, in the lineup setting process, but Mark Andrews on the bench, not the two tight end set this week. 
Yeah, it uh, didn't work out for him either because <laughs> no. he left 13 points on the bench. Debo Samuel kind of regressed a bit, like a lot of people thought he would. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm guessing he'll have Andrews back in the lineup next week. The guy that I'm particularly starting to get nervous for Thomas for is Allen Robinson. Yep. And I am glad that he is not on my team anymore. <laughs> I do love Allen Robinson, but it seems like Matt Nagy and the Bears are – well, Matt Nagy seems like he has a vendetta out against the media and, like, can't admit that he's possibly wrong for starting Andy Dalton over Justin Fields. And if you watched any of that game on Sunday, it literally looked like he was trying to lose. Yeah. Like he was just putting fields in the worst possible positions. He had a, you know, a whole game plan that was not even to any of Justin Fields' strengths. And I think he got sacked like eight times. Yeah. So I don't know, definitely very concerning for Allen Robinson, who I know Thomas was hoping would be that really solid, like wide receiver two this year behind Keenan Allen. Um, so hopefully things in Chicago for Thomas's sake get kind of figured out on the offensive side of the football. Yeah. Um, I am also going to, going to press the panic button on one player in particular on this team. Uh, Ronald Jones workhorse back um, has totaled. Let's see um, how many points Less even is this points. Less than five points. Um, let's see. It's uh 5.2, but minus 0. 0.6. Um, so that I'm, I'm, pressing the panic button on Ronald Jones. Uh, it seems as, uh, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette um, has totally taken the role um, and any backup role has really gone to Giovanni Bernard this season. Um, bummer. That's, that's a, that's a tough keep there, but looking at Thomas's team, not sure who would have kept instead, but um, definitely a, Tough, tough guy to see riding the bench at this point in the season already. Yeah, I think if Thomas wants really any chance at having success in the league this season, he's going to have to go out and get a running back. He's yeah. going to have to make a trade. Um, you know, I think we'll get into this later, but he does have obviously two really good tight ends. He's going to have to make a move with one of his better players and secure a running back because Miles Sanders know, isn't cutting it. Miles Sanders isn't cutting it. Chase Edmonds and then Rojo and you can think all you want that you can win in this league with not without having like a really good RB one, but it just frankly, historically does not pan out. So I think yeah. Thomas really, like you said, needs to be hitting a panic button on his running backs and needs to go, go out and find one. So we'll see. Yeah. Let's move on to the next matchup here, which is yours. The lack Plapsas versus the Googled team names. A heartbreaker uh, for the Plopses, uh, losing the the names one nineteen point four four to one seventeen point five four. That second interception, uh, yep. did you hit on Monday night? There, it was the difference, and uh, you know they had a little bit of garbage time, and Jalen Hurts was able to get one touchdown, and they even got the ball back. And I thought they might have a chance, but then they went four and out and turned the ball over on downs and didn't get the yardage that Jalen needed to get that extra two points for me to pull ahead of Sammer. Uh, but, you know, overall, like, I'm not that displeased with my team's performance this week. You know, actually, it was technically my team's best performance this season. I think I've had, like, 116, 115, and 117 points, so very consistent uh, in terms of my overall score. Um, the thing that I've really struggled with this season so far is getting a defense correct. Started with the Vikings yeah. because the Steelers had a tough week one matchup against Buffalo. And then I wrote the Steelers the last two weeks to 
much disappointment. And um, even just like a five to 10 point performance for my defense this week would have gotten it done for myself. So um, I think I'm going to have to kind of rethink the strategy in terms of, you know, sticking with one solid defense, which Pittsburgh just seems to not be that team this year and might have to move to streaming defenses because right now that really has been the difference for my team. Um, and, you know, it just hurts even more when I look at the other side and Sam gets 19 points from the Broncos defense. So yeah, it's a tough one to swallow because I felt like I could have slash should have won, but at the end of the day, you know, it didn't work out. Sam had a, Sam didn't have a bad week by any means. And there were definitely opportunities for me to, to win with not a crazy performance from Kyler Murray. Like I was, you know, you're hopeful. I was hopeful. Yeah. Seeing that Kyler only put up 18. Uh, I was like, okay, got a good chance. Um, the one other thing that I just called back to was the Packers game. I obviously got a ton of production out of Devante and a pretty good production out of Aaron Jones, but that not their last drive when they had the game winning field goal, but the drive where they threw the touchdown pass or Aaron Rodgers threw the touchdown pass to MVS that one hurt. And if, yeah. I just, if that touchdown went to rock or went to Jones or went to Adams, that would have, you know, done enough for me as well. So again, not, not super displeased, but just a couple of things that didn't go right. And, you know, everybody's got one in the last column now. So uh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, looking at Sammer's team did actually pretty well. I'm a little bit worried about the production out of Calvin Ridley. Uh, yes, I, I think that that is, you know, he's right now wide receiver 25 in PPR formats. Um, and he he did get 11 targets and he caught most of them, but just the production is just not showing any tangible dividends right now. The Falcons just stink. They're not They're bad. They beat the Giants because the Giants might be one of like two teams that stink even more, but... <laughs> They are not good, and Calvin Ridley is paying the price for it right now. Yeah. And, you know, his production hasn't been that bad for, like, a run-of-the-mill type of wide receiver, but for a guy that pretty much everybody had ranked top five amongst wide receivers going yep. into the season, he is nowhere near what people want him to be at. So definitely uh, definitely a little nervy for, for Sam there. Yeah, uh, definitely a good pickup with their uh, good play of Denver against the Jets. Uh, Denver, 3 0. Uh, opponents, 0 9, but that's all right. Uh, we love yep. Teddy here and we wish him the best of luck uh, in Denver. Um, let's move on to our next uh, set of, of players here. Uh, and that, of course, is Randy's Donuts versus The Imposters. A heartbreaker loss for, for Noel um, watching Sunday Night Football. I was wondering aloud to myself, where is Kittle? Like, where is Kittle? He was he was pretty much missing for most of the game. And then right at the end, one big 25-yard uh, catch was able to uh, yeah. propel uh, Lucas to a pretty narrow, narrow, but solid win over uh, Randy Stone to move to 0-3. Yeah, I mean, I think Noel is obviously probably very just annoyed with Christian McCaffrey obviously going out again yeah. to an injury. Um, they didn't put him on IR, so it seems like he could be back relatively soon. But with the nature of his injury, and usually these like hamstring injuries just kind of keep persisting. We saw what it did to uh, CMC last season. Uh, I think I would also be 
panicking if I was Noel. Um, yeah, it's it's just not it's just not turning out this season. Like he and pretty much everybody in the league think we pretty with a pretty solid consensus all had him ranked within our top two or three teams going into this season. Mm-hmm. And it's just not working out. So I'm not really sure, you know, what exactly the problem is other than now Christian McCaffrey being injured, but it's just like across the board, he's not getting the production from the players that he drafted and the players that he kept. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially, you know, you think of Ayuk and, and his woes and honestly the woes of the 49ers, how you can trust any of them or not in a fantasy uh, format. Um, you know, it's tough when, when, uh, you know, like Sterling Shepard gets hurt. That's, that's tough. Uh, in this case, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. That's tough. Um, Kyle Pitts, again, we just went over Atlanta. They stink. Joe Mixon garbage went to put him in my lineup anyways. So that's on him. (laughs) But, uh, the, the one player that I'm really worried about a little bit pressing the panic, but not it's, it's early. It's Jonathan Taylor. Um, last week he played 48% of snaps the week before 45. And then the week, the first week, um, you know, in theory, like the week that you've had the most time to prepare for only played 55% of snaps. Um, no touchdowns yet in the year, not to say that he's not going to get one. I mean, they're up against Miami next week. So it should be a better matchup for him, Mm -hmm. but I am a bit worried about how they are choosing to use Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. Yeah. I don't know. I think Jonathan Taylor will be okay, but that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I thought he would be. Like I wasn't one of these people that was really high on Jonathan Taylor. If we had a redraft league and I was, if I had like a late first round, early second round pick, I don't think I would pick him like most people were doing. Mm-hmm. Like in redraft leagues, he's consistently was consistently going in the first round. And I just personally wouldn't have placed that value on him, even as a Wisconsin Badgers fan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. He's kind of just doing what I kind of expected him to do this season. You know, the last two weeks are kind of down and like you mentioned, no touchdowns. So you know, those last two weeks, if you put a touchdown into the equation, he's looking at like a solid performance, a little closer to his projection. So I don't think he's like too far off, but yeah, it's definitely not, you know, the guy that Noel was, that Noel went out and traded for, frankly. So yeah. hopefully he turns it around because Noel's certainly going to need it now with his top running back being out. And a quick nine Hines check. Uh, nine Hines currently averaging 10.1 points right in that sweet spot of between eight and 12, like I said, he would be. Yep. Um, so just we'll, we'll check in on that bet as, as the season progresses, but Lucas's team, let's talk about that. Saquon Barkley. Is he back? Eh. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I mean, he played Atlanta and, and Atlanta. So yeah. And also the giants have like several injuries to wide receivers in that game. So they just kind of had to run the ball. Um, I don't know. I think Cordero Patterson is maybe one bright spot, bright spot on Atlanta and Lucas is kind of taking advantage of it. He picked him up off waivers and I kind of rolled my eyes when I saw so many people picking up Cordero Patterson across leagues, So he's actually been playing pretty well and putting up decent fantasy production, uh, especially in the last two weeks. So good pickup there from Lucas. Kittle, like you had mentioned, didn't have like an outstanding game, but got the one big catch at the end and had a 
um, had enough receptions to get decent PPR scoring. So Lucas's team, eh, I don't know. I'm still not like big on it, but he's doing enough to get by at the moment. And I guess that's really all he can probably ask for. Yeah. Another bright spot on Lucas's team was on the bench, but I do want to just flag it is Peyton Barber who clearly took over the lead back role in the absence of Josh Jacobs, uh, not Kenyon Drake, as was expected at the beginning of the year Um, played uh, 57% of snaps last week. Um, And granted it was against Miami. So take that into account um, up against the chargers uh, this next week. So, and Josh Jacobs may be back, but in Josh Jacobs absence, I would say that Peyton Barber is definitely a, a player that could become a flex player uh, yeah. on Lucas's team, especially with Juju out court and Sutton might having to move into that true wide receiver position. For sure. And one other thing that is a current bright spot for Lucas, but I'm a little bit nervous about is Adam Thielen. Yeah. He's wide receiver four right now. And that's largely because he has a touchdown in every single game so far. And the last two games, if he didn't have a touchdown, he'd be looking at pretty low single, single digit scoring. So be interested to see. I mean, I know that Adam Thielen throughout his career has been tremendous just catching touchdowns and has gotten a lot of his fantasy production that way. But you have to think at some point, eventually, he's not going to get the touchdowns. And when that happens, I think it's, you know, he's going to put up a, a dud for Lucas's side who can't really afford to have many duds. So Agreed. Hopefully Daryl Henderson's back, though, too. So True. that would be that would be very nice. Um, let's head over to our last week's game of the week of the gruesome grinders versus Jacks on Jacks off the grinders taking their first loss and Josh and, uh, and Lamar here were able to take the dub over the former roommate. Um, I, I will say just right off the top, kind of disappointing performances from two of the top four consensus, uh, quarterbacks in the league. I think fantasy football wise, um, yeah. Kind of kind of dud weeks for both of them. Yeah, it was kind of a weird week for Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, yep. first time the Chiefs have lost back-to-back games in the Mahomes era, uh, which is interesting. And obviously, uh, Tyreek Hill didn't have great production either. So no. it seems like those two things are kind of going hand-in-hand. Hand. I know when they played Baltimore, Baltimore made like a very concerted effort to just shut Tyreek down and let them – beat them in another way. Um, I don't know that this week the Chargers did as much to really just shut down Tyreek, but they definitely still kept him in check. And as a result, the Chiefs just, when you take that one piece away, they're just not nearly as explosive. And with that goes goes Drew's team. When he's not getting the production from – Mahomes and Hill, it really hurts his side. And that was a big part of the reason why he lost this week. Yeah. Uh, I think also just weird. I mean, it, it's weird matchup plays um, for, for Drew here. Um, Tunyon only uh, getting one target. I mean, he caught it. That's, that's tough, weird matchup uh, against San Francisco. Amari Cooper, just not having to use receivers hardly at all in that game um, because they were just trusting Zeke in that game. So he only had the, you know, the four targets, he caught three of them. Um, and then the one weird matchup play that I was questioning drew on was starting a defense that was playing against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay when 
Tampa Bay has been very electric so far this year. Um, that I mean, the Rams ended up winning, but they gave up a lot of points to be able to do it. So yeah. um, I, I was definitely questioning that from from Drew's side. Um, yeah, strange. It'll be interesting too to see what Drew does with his receivers because he has Prison Mike yeah. Williams on the bench with. Uh, you know, I think right now Mike Williams is like either the second or third highest <laughs> wide receiver in the league. So yep. you got to think eventually he's going to make his way into the starting lineup. Um, but when you look at the guys that he would have to be overtaking in Tyree Kill and Amari Cooper and Mike Evans, I can understand why there's a little bit of hesitancy. I think I would probably at least personally start him over Mike Evans. Oh, for sure. But for sure. especially those other two guys. Um, I don't know, even with how good Mike Williams has been, I just don't think I could ever start him over like a Tyree Killer or Amari Cooper. So it'll be interesting to see if Drew, you know, trades one of those guys so that he can put him in, or maybe he just tries to play the matchup game, but you can get burned on that pretty easily too. So yeah, I uh tough week for Josh too and just choosing the right players as well. Yeah. Um well it, yeah. It was really tough because James Robinson finally had a good week. Yeah. He was on his bench, and that was the big one. Uh, even though he got the win, like, that was just – for whatever reason, Urban Meyer just realized, oh, shit, this guy's I'm actually back. pretty good, and <laughs> yeah. I can use him. Um, I think, like, throughout camp, he was just so used to using ETN that when ETN went down, he's just like, oh, the guy behind him must not be good. But that's yeah. just not true. Like, James Robinson, like, very good running back. So he finally realized that and used him that – Unfortunately for Josh, he wasn't in the lineup, but he was able to overcome it anyway. Yeah, I mean, also Mike Davis um, against the Giants, good good matchup play there. You would think um, be able yeah. to be. I, I I've been a little disappointed in Mike Davis this year. I, I expected better um, out of him, but as we said many times so far today, Atlanta stinks. So not that surprised. Tough. Hope AJ Brown gets uh, better as well. Um, Justin Tucker MVP. Justin Tucker spectacular but the real (laughs) real mvp here is of course my old dear friend cooper cup used to be a lifelong freak was not that good when he got dropped he was fine looking as he was fine last year yeah but he wasn't i mean but this is outrageous two two years ago i had him on my team for a good chunk of the season uh when he was playing very well yeah. Um, and then I traded him away and that's kind of right when he took a downturn. And then last year, like he was okay, but he wasn't anything special. But now with Matthew Stafford, he is just going off. I mean, you got to think at a certain point, defenses are going to pay a little bit more attention to him. And some of those targets and receptions are going to shift over to Bobby trees, but you know, Not yet. <laughs> as of, as of Waiting. now, Cooper Cup has had more production basically in each of his individual games than Robert Woods has had in all three combined. So it'll be interesting to see if that trend continues or if more pieces kind of get involved in the offensive scheme as defenses start to pay a little bit more attention to Cup. Yeah. Um, as the Bob Trees owner, hoping that that happens soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's head on over now um, to our fun fact of the week. All right, this fun fact, uh, we're looking at, um, last year we looked at uh, teams that started 0-3 uh, during the fun fact, or sorry, 3-0, I should say, uh, during the fun fact and found out that no team that had ever went 3-0 and 
missed playoffs. Um, I came extremely close to disproving that <laughs> last year. Uh, ended up making playoffs. We know the results. Uh, they speak for themselves. Um, but let's take the, the inverse of that. Teams that start 0-3 mm. um, and see how frequently those teams are able to overcome deficits and make it in the playoffs. Uh, in the keeper era, so starting in 2019, uh, three total teams um, besides Noel's team this year have gone 0-3. Um, that is John and the Pickle Ricks. No, Spooning Loons um, in 2019. Pickle Ricks was the year we don't talk about. Yeah. Um, Spooning Loons in 2019, you went you went 0-3. Uh, Lucas in 2020 went 0-3. And, and then Tony in 2019 also went uh, 0-3. Of those, John, you are the only one of the three of them to have made playoffs. Um, so 33% chance of making playoffs after going 0-3. Um, if we take the non-keeper era into account, um, that does turn into four out of six. Um, <laughs> I will say all three years, everybody made playoffs. So that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> it means nothing. Um, but in the keeper era, of course, um, you know, one out of three chance of um, if you make the right moves and um, keep putting the work in, uh, you still have that opportunity to to make playoffs here. So good luck to Noel with that. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, I know at least Noel texted me basically saying that he was waving the white flag, going into rebuilding mode, interested. Um, and if I had any interest in some of his top players so he could kind of rebuild. Um, I think that is very premature. I don't know if I was like the only person I can imagine. He probably made that same offer to many other teams if yeah. not all teams. And so I think it's a little premature. I mean, like we just talked about earlier, McCaffrey's not on the IR. I think he's probably going to come back a little bit, hopefully, you know, in the next couple of weeks here. Um, and I, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's rebuilding time. And even if it was rebuilding time, Noel already has a crazy amount of picks next season. Like he already has three first rounders. So I don't really know what he's after if he's like rebuilding other than picks. So I'm, I, I'm a little confused. I, I think it's just too early as I proved in previous seasons, it can be done. He just either, you know, I guess what I would say is like last season, he hard panicked and made a lot of trades and a lot of them didn't work out. Yeah. So maybe this season he just, you know, rides the storm out and then comes out on the other side and maybe his players start playing better because obviously just because your players haven't played well in the first three weeks doesn't mean that they're not going to turn it around at some point. So I definitely wouldn't be throwing in the towel. I would just, with the talent that he still has on his team, I would still be, you know, maybe trying to make a couple of smaller moves, but there's definitely, you know, there's definitely room for him to still make the playoffs and get some wins throughout the season. For sure. For sure. All right, let's uh, bring it back in here. Um, and we're going to look at, John and I are starting a new segment here, Trade Talks. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of talking about what trades have happened, because not that many this year, I'm kind of disappointed so far um, in the boys. Um, but what trades, uh, what positional targets, uh, particularly, uh, teams should be looking at trying to make right now? Um, and we're going to start uh, at the, our 10th ranked team right now. Um, well, 10th in standings, I should say, not 10th ranked. Um, Randy's Donuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a couple that come to mind for me for pieces that Noel could move. I know that I just said that I think he should probably kind of ride it out. But obviously, Christian McCaffrey is always a guy that can be traded. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure his value will ever be higher than it is like right now. And it kind of sounds dumb because he just got injured, but if he isn't the same player when he comes back from that injury, obviously his value is just going to go down and down and down. So if Noel doesn't want to take that risk, there are many teams I'm sure, which would be willing to take that risk uh, and trade for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the other one is Justin Herbert. Uh, I don't know. I got one guy in particular. His name's Tony Townsend. I know that Tony loves Justin yep. Herbert and probably would like to have him back on his team. Maybe this week with the way that Matthew Stafford played, he might not be feeling quite as strongly uh, about moving him, but I don't know. If I was no, I'd probably be poking around Tony to see if he could, you know, trade him Herbie and get something back in return. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that right now, if I am, if I am Noel, the one piece of this puzzle that seems to be in most desperate need of a solid player, it's a wide receiver. So as Tony's or as Noel, sorry, is looking at potential trading partners, um, a, a wide receiver two would look really nice on this squad. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't trust Brandon Ayuk anymore um, after, yeah. after the shenanigans that has happened. Um, Ryan shenanigans. I think that's tough. Yeah. I think Ayuk is a good stash play. Like I certainly wouldn't trade him away. No. If he was on my team, I think that as the season progresses, his role is going to increase, but Noel needs to win now and to get back into this thing. And so, yeah, I totally agree. He needs to fill that kind of void that Ayuk is left behind. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on here to number two uh, on our on our list here in ninth place. The dog sniffers. We kind of touched on it earlier. It's running backs, right? Uh, that's that's what uh, this team needs. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's what this team is, frankly, always needed. Yeah. Um, and the piece that Thomas is going to have to move to do it is either going to be one of his two tight ends or probably Keenan Allen. Yeah. I wouldn't advise him. I mean, if it was my team, I would not be trading Keenan Allen because he's like kind of the lone consistent bright spot on this team. But um, I think Thomas really needs to move one of his two tight ends. Obviously he's almost never entertaining the idea of trading Kelsey. I think rightfully so, but uh, Andrews is just coming off a better week, maybe turning the corner and going to have a few more better weeks here as near future. And, if that stock starts to rise, it might be time for Thomas to include him and one of his lesser running backs in a trade for a better running back or a more consistent running back that he can get production from. I'm just going to throw it out here. Kyle Pitts and Joe Mixon for Mark Andrews. Reasonable? <laughs> no. 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 Potentially? No. Potential. Throwing it out there, you boys talk it out, see if you can come to some sort of arrangement. I like it. Uh, let's move on here to uh, our, our team in eighth place, the Spring Chickens. Um, it's running backs, again, uh, with Dalvin Hurt um, the, and Elijah Mitchell up. That's that's the position I'd be targeting. Right now, um, Brennan has five total running backs on this team, uh, and his RB3 is J.D. McKissick, um, who he had to play. That's, you know, McKissick isn't a terrible play if you have to do it. He has in the past, you know, sniped some touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, you don't want that to be your RB3. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I think like as long as Dalvin comes back relatively soon, he does have a good solid combo of Carson and uh, Cook. I would say, as we've talked about before, and Brennan maybe has hopefully learned now, he really should handcuff one of or both of those guys. Yeah. Um, I believe he he just he just needs to do it because like you see this week, like it just hurts him too hard when Dalvin's out and Madison just literally puts up the same production. So I don't know. It may be him having to overpay a bit, but it's I think it's a worth worthwhile move just because when when Cook goes down, this team just is gonna struggle. There's no way around it, especially yep. when they don't have Madison. So I'd be working on the handcuffs. And I mean, he has a couple of handcuffs on his roster that he could trade to other teams. So, oh, for sure. JD McKissick and Dylan, who would both be handcuffs for players that I have. So maybe we can talk, Brennan. As we're, as we are literally talking about Brennan's team, Brennan Swan has just updated some player nicknames a few seconds ago. Wow. Um, AJ Dylan moves to Dilly Dilly. I like that. I like that. Um, Elijah Mitchell is just Eli. Interesting. That's okay. One that I'm not liking is the Red Rocket for Chris Godwin. Yeah. That just grosses me out. Yeah, that's tough. I do like John David McKissick. That does make me laugh. That's a good one. Is that his actual name? I have no idea. Um, Fish Legs is good. Obi-Wan Jacoby, that's a Googled team name if I've ever heard it in my – absolutely. But it, <laughs> it's a – you know, fun, fun stuff, Brennan. Good job, bud. Uh, fun fact, JD stands for Joshua Dobby McKissick. So he wasn't even right. Not even close. <laughs> um, all right, let's get over to uh, the gluten freaks here. Um, John, I'd love to hear uh, your, your diagnosis on my team. Yeah, I mean, there's one guy in particular that I would be trading if I was you, Zach, and it is Julio. Old Bones Jones. I think it's time to move on. Um, the only problem with that is I don't know who you're going to find to buy because his stock is pretty low right now. Maybe after next week, since yeah. AJ Brown, AJ Brown is going to be out, you know, maybe Julio will have a better game stock rises a little bit. Maybe that's the time to trade him. but I don't know. I think I kind of called it going into the season. I just think that AJ Brown, as long as both of them are playing, AJ Brown's going to be the primary guy and Julio just hasn't really put up the production that we're used to seeing him put up back when he was in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, part of it's just age, you know, he's just getting older. So, but that definitely, if of the guys that you have on your roster, he's definitely the one that I would be wanting to move the most. Walk down memory lane, keeper deadlines coming up. I'm going, man, do I keep Julio mm-hmm. or do I keep Cooper cup? I want both these guys on my team. Again. That is really tough. And I go, you know what? No, Brennan is definitely not keeping Bob trees. He's the better, he's the better receiver quote unquote in, in the Rams offense. I'm going to keep Julio. Cause I think I have a better chance of getting cup in the draft. And then Tony Townsend waltzes in and takes Tyler Lockett instead of Bob trees. Like he was supposed to. And then I'm sitting here going, Oh, Bob trees. And That's then true. I, I goofed it, but I agree with your assessments um, that, you know, a, a backup uh, wide receiver two would be nice. I would also love an, an, another solid running back, but um, yeah, I think, I think my team is fairly balanced right now. I just, I don't have any studs. That's the problem. So yep. You got to move on from that. Let's go into number six here. Kukak with the imposters. Um, 
What's your read on this team? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough because the guys that I would be looking to move on uh, Lucas's team are so important to his team. Um, Russell Wilson is one that always comes to mind in terms of trading just because He's kind of doing the Russell Wilson thing and playing really well early in the season. Obviously, this week against the Vikings, he didn't have like a crazy good performance, but he was still efficient and still put up good yardage, just didn't really get the touchdowns just because the Vikings, you know, played pretty well defensively against him. But I think Russell Wilson is always a guy that you can, if you can move him kind of early to midway through the season after he kind of peaks, if he does what he historically does, you're going to get good value out of him. Yep. And then he's going to fall off the face of a cliff and do Disappear. nothing for yeah. whoever you trade him to. So maybe a little premature on the Russell Wilson move, but definitely something to keep in mind for Lucas. Yeah. Lucas, I think right now is probably the time if he is ever going to do it, sell on Saquon Barkley after a solid performance That's true. against a bad team. This is the time to sell. Uh, if he can do it, uh, that would be who I would go for, uh, for Lucas's team. Uh, and if he can get a couple of good running backs um, in place of somebody who has great potential but hasn't historically been able to live up to it, now might be the time to do it. Uh, but let's move on to uh, the Google team names here, number five in the rankings. Um, Samer, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Sam's team. I'm going to be honest. I think that right now, um, he's playing Javante Williams here, um, which I don't think is a bad play necessarily. I just think it's early. Um, so if I'm, if I am Sam, I am looking for a third running back that is good to be able to play instead of a rookie who is definitely time-sharing, um, and has been time-sharing with a guy who's put up more production and against really bad teams. And I just, I'm worried that that this 11.7 from last week, isn't going to continue yet. Yeah. I agree with the assessment there. Um, I think the running backs are definitely an issue for Sam. Um, I think Alvin Kamara has kind of done what people expected him to do, which is regress a bit this season. He finally this week basically met his projection, but in the first two weeks, First week, he missed by a little bit. Second week, he missed by quite a bit. And so it's pretty clear that Elvin Kamara with Jameis Winston as the quarterback, no longer Drew Brees. He's not really the threat that he once was. So I don't know. There's probably some buyers out there for Elvin Kamara. I know there's still people that are pretty big on him. Um, Somebody that comes to mind is Tony, maybe. Like maybe he can trade Elvin Kamara and get one of Tony's, you know, four young running backs or three young running backs and then another piece in like a wide receiver or something. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, the depth for Sam at running back is definitely a concern for me. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to uh, our fourth ranked team or fourth place team. The lock plops does John, I got to give you your assessment here. I think what you're really missing is a solid wide receiver too. Here you are absolutely flush with playable running backs, and you're starting Kenny Galladay for the Giants, who are one of a few teams that stink worse than Atlanta. Yeah, you are correct. Um, I will say I don't mind my guys that are vying for the wide receiver two position. The problem was this week 
they were like all injured. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Antonio Brown, COVID list. Um, also, you know, Deontay Johnson out this week. So I was put in a really tough spot. I really like both of those guys, and I even like Kenny Galladay. I'm kind of confused why New York's not using him more uh, in that bozos. offense. But absolutely, uh, but I do agree. Like, and I have engaged in some trade talks throughout the week to try to start looking for a better option. Um, I also have Christian Kirk on my team who I picked up off of waivers last week or a couple of weeks ago, and I'm liking him. I don't know. I think he is slowly kind of emerging as that wide receiver two in probably one of the top three offenses in the league in Arizona. So um, I don't mind having him on my team. And if he can continue to consistently put up production, I will definitely think about putting him into the lineup, but I think it's a little premature to start putting him in there, you know, quite, quite yet. Um, but the guy that, you know, I've kind of been exploring moving in order to get a wide receiver is Giblet, my boy. So I, I like, the thing is I like having three very solid running backs on the team. I don't necessarily think it's the play to start a running back in the flex spot. I, I think that, for consistency's sake, it just seems a little safer to start three wide receivers. So if I can trade Giblet away and get another really solid uh, wide receiver in exchange for him, then I feel like I have the opportunity to to, uh, improve my team's chances. I think that that is uh, definitely a a possibility here as we we move on to uh, our third place team of Jacks on, Jacks off. Um, uh, with, uh, Josh Plingo here. Um, I, I had a tough read on this, on this team. I think that, um, with AJ Brown in good shape, um, don't really need another receiver with Cooper cup and, and scary Terry, but you know, right now, I think that Josh could be hurting a little bit, um, going into next week. If he had, Holy, you hear that? Mm-hmm. Next, <laughs> Josh could be hurting a little bit here um, going into next week um, with without uh, having without having AJ Brown in there. I think that right now, a, either a solid running back or a solid receiver would really help this team uh, just yeah. boost um, the production that it already we know it can it can do. Yeah, it's just the flex spot. Um... I actually love Josh's team to be completely honest. Great team. Now that Zeke has had a good game, I'm still a little bit skeptical of Zeke, but if, if Zeke and Robinson just can put up like average production or what they're supposed to do, the points for this team are going to come from the wide receiver spot. Yeah, for sure. Obviously Cooper cup has already done that. AJ Brown. I think once he gets healthy, like he will start to put up good games again. And Terry McLaurin, like, I don't know. He hasn't really been outstanding this season, but with the amount of targets he gets and the lack of competition, I think he's just bound to be that guy on Josh's team that's just like a steady 8-10 to point guy. And then he gets the, you know, breakout performances from the other two receivers. So I really like the setup that Josh has right now. Honestly, I don't know if I would even make any moves if I was him. Yeah. I think I would probably just kind of stay stay set with what he's got. 
All right, let's move on to second place team uh, with worse than trash, Tony Townsend. This may be the highest he's ever been in standings. So congrats, Tony, on that. Um, if I'm Tony, I'm I am right now shopping J.K. Dobbins to somebody with an open IR spot. That is <laughs> that is what I'm doing um, for sure. Clyde, Najee, um, you have Swift, you have Diggs, you have Jefferson, you have Lockett. Like you have enough keepers. You're not keeping J.K. Dobbins next year. I, I just I don't see any world in which that is happening. And what he's doing is taking an IR spot when he could be doing that on somebody else's team and get good value for him before people realize um, that, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Tyson there um, or yeah. Gus coming back or the infinite number of other running backs that they signed. Um, now is the time to trade J.K. Dobbins to somebody who wants to take a chance long term. Yeah, I don't think. So the guy that I would trade if I was Tony is Clyde. Clyde sucks. He's not getting, I don't know. He's good, but he's, he's just, fine. He's not getting the opportunities. I think Kansas city has, I think I saw that they have the least target share to running backs out of anybody in the entire league at like 7%. Yeah. So he's not ridiculous. getting any targets, which we all know kind of sets the floor for running backs in terms of having consistent play. So, you know, if I had Tony's team, it'd be very obviously Najee and DeAndre Swift as my running backs. And then just go with three wide receivers. Like he has good wide receivers. Mm -hmm. um, I would be moving Clyde a hundred percent because Clyde will definitely be a starter on different teams, but I just really don't see how Clyde can be a starter on Tony's team with the way that he's currently been producing. And then looking at the other guys that he has available to fill into that flex spot. For sure. All right. Moving on to uh, Drew Mahold. The only the only uh, plug here is that he needs if he can get a better tight end, he should go get one. I don't see any other position where Drew is struggling. Um, a little bit, a I little bit, of, a little bit of running back. Yeah, but, running back too is definitely. I mean, this week he benefited from having Madison, but obviously we know that's not going to be a normal thing. And so when looking at the depth chart, he's really struggling yeah. at running back too. So I think he definitely needs to make a move for another running back. Um, and he has tons of wide receivers to that. He's never going to play. With. Exactly. I mean, we already talked about Mike Williams. He's got Odell Beckham who just came back and had a good game. Corey Davis, who frankly hasn't played well in the last couple of weeks, but had a huge week one. And then he's got like his actual guys that he was planning on putting in the lineup regularly at Amari Cooper and Tyree Hill. So I think he's got some he's, pieces. Yeah, he's got tons of pieces to move in order to get a solid running back two on his team. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he's able to get something done. All righty. Well, that is going to conclude trade talks here. Let's get over into previews um, real quick and just the, the number one guy on each uh, on each team that we are watching this week, and we are starting off with the gluten freaks versus the lock plopsters. Um, on my team, uh, the, the guy to watch is going to be Austin Eckler versus, uh, Las Vegas. Um, for me that that's going to be, um, a critical matchup in order to secure a win here. Yes. I don't disagree with you there. I think the guy that I'm watching a little bit closer on your team though, as I kind of always am is David Montgomery. Yeah. Like we kind of talked about the bears offense stinks and if, Dave Montgomery in that Bears offense can't put up a good performance against Detroit. I think it is very worrisome. So I'm expecting that him to button. play well this week. 
Um, and then the guy on my team that I'm watching is Jalen Hurts. I like watching him a lot because he is a good player. And I was a little bit disappointed with the interceptions this week. So I'm looking for a big redemption against Kansas City. I'm hoping that he comes to play. Um, but I am very terrified that he could also just do nothing because Kansas City is going to be playing very angry coming off of back-to-back losses. Yeah. Uh, guy I'm watching on your team um, is if if he stays in the lineup, Kenny Galladay. Uh, he will not be. Okay. The well, then I'm not going to – I will not be uh, wasting my time uh, talking about him. Uh, it is going to be whether or not Christian Kirk uh, can play well against the Rams defense here. Um, Rams defense is going to be, I'm assuming he's, he's the next guy up as of right now. And, uh, we'll see, you know, Christian Kirk may see a lot of opportunities with, uh, your boy Dean getting shut down by everybody, Jalen Ramsey. So I, uh, I don't mind the play of Christian Kirk this week, especially against your team. I think if that is the guy I go with, that'll definitely be the biggest matchup. That'll be fun to watch between the two guys. For sure. Uh, let's go to, uh, Former roommates here, Brian Swan and Lucas Lawrence and the Spring Chickens versus the Impostas. The best of roommates. The, well, <laughs> um, of course, they got to watch for Brennan Swan, Dalvin Cook. If he plays, great match. Uh, if not, uh, he's going to be in a lot of trouble there. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at Brennan's lineup right now. and He currently has Jacoby Myers in. Mm. If he does, in fact, play, he will definitely be the one I'm watching the closest because uh, – I know I wouldn't be feeling very confident about starting him in my lineup, even though he has had fairly good, well, he had fairly good production last week, but the first two weeks didn't do much. And New England's just not a team that throws the ball a ton. So I'll definitely be watching him closely. And then on uh, Tom or on Lucas's team, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm watching Adam Thielen. I'm expecting eventually he's going to have a regression and not get a touchdown. And I'm interested to see if that is, you know, the one that breaks Thomas or breaks Lucas. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> uh, I'm watching Juju. Um, the Pittsburgh Ben, Ben stinks. He's just, he is. I, I, think, I have no idea what's going on in Pittsburgh, but I'm worried about all everybody involved except for Najee. And I would bet a substantial amount of money that Ben Roethlisberger is currently playing his last season in the NFL. Yeah, that, there's there's just, no way. I don't see any way how he's going to be able to play in the NFL again next season. No, not with this, not with this current level. Uh, matchup number three here, we got the Google team names versus Jacks on, Jacks off. Um, over here, uh, I'm watching uh, Javante Williams against Baltimore uh, mm-hmm. on Sam's team. That is going to be the uh, – this is the first real team, real threat team, I think, that Denver has had to face in Baltimore. And uh, seeing how rookie running back goes up against them, it's still in a timeshare, is going to be questionable for me. For sure. I'm watching Alvin Kamara this week. I think this is the first real week where I'm feeling that Alvin Kamara can really go nuts because he's playing the Giants. I'll be interested to see if he does go crazy because historically Alvin Kamara has that ability to go really big and this season, it doesn't really seem like he's been able to do that. So if he's not able to do it against the Giants, I think we have officially seen the last of, you know, breakout Alvin Kamara performances. For sure. Um, Josh's team, I'm looking at James Robinson against uh, Cincinnati. Will Robinson, A, make the lineup on a Thursday night game? Um, and B, if he does, I mean, Najee had pretty good points against Cincinnati. We'll see if Robinson can get the same usage um, going into this week. Yeah, I think the guy that I'm going to be looking at on 
Josh's team for the foreseeable future is Cooper Cup. I'm just very well, yeah. curious to see if he can truly keep up his production. Um, it's not like Cooper Cup's been getting a absurd amount of targets or anything. It's not like he's getting 15 to 20 targets. He's putting up his production on like 10 targets a game. So it seems like it is his pace is maintainable, but I do have doubts that he's actually going to maintain it. So definitely be watching him closely. Yeah. All right. Let's move over into the next matchup here, which is Randy's donuts versus the dog sniffers, um, which is definitely going to be um, pretty, pretty great uh, matchup here. Guy I'm looking at on uh, Noel's team is going to be Jonathan Taylor. I've, I've been skeptical now for a little bit, um, uh, but he's been facing up some pretty tough defenses. Let's see how he does against Miami. Yep. I'm watching, uh, I'm watching Pitts. I think that uh, it's really kind of getting to make or break time for Kyle Pitts. Atlanta actually does have a really high target share to the tight ends. Uh, unfortunately, the tight ends that are the tight end that the passes are going to, for some reason, aren't, isn't Pitts. So I'll be interested to see if, you know, Pitts can continue to develop as a rookie and get more targets. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, over on Thomas's team, um, I am, I am watching, uh, just what happens in the flex spot, see if how Thomas reacts to getting burned with not playing Mark Andrews. Um, and then as a result, of course, watching Mark Andrews, um, play against Denver, um, see if, see how they can, uh, play against a, what seems to be fairly tough defense. Definitely. Uh, the guy that I'm looking at is Debo on Thomas's team. And interestingly enough, he is playing Noel, who has Ayuk and Ayuk currently in the lineup. So I think that matchup will be really interesting to watch to see if uh, Debo continues to be more of that number one guy in Ayuk. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to get more involved in the offense again this week. For sure. Um, I do want to uh, just uh, flag real quick that I did forget to mention that we do have a traveling trophy on the line in the Josh versus Sam. Uh, we have the golf ball whacker guy, uh, which the golf ball whacker by guy is currently held by Sam. Um, Sam uh, won from week five of 2020 when uh, Sam was able to pretty handedly trounce uh, then named not trading Lamar. Uh, so we'll see uh, how that goes uh, in this upcoming game. Mm-hmm. Um, our last matchup, though, has is our game of the week, introducing a new traveling trophy for our only two boys that did not have one, um, which is Tony Townsend and Worse Than Trash versus the Gruesome Grinders and Drew Mahold, um, where they have the newly named Bowling Man traveling trophy, oh, uh, a throwback to bowling. to bowling club. Um, and uh, Tony's team here, uh, I am looking at Najee Harris as as my number one guy I'm looking at. Um he started slow against Buffalo, then played Las Vegas and Cincinnati. Um, tougher defense in Green Bay. We're going to see how how he's able to keep up there. Yeah, I'm really interested in Jamar Chase on Tony's team. He has had a touch. He has four touchdowns already this season. Similar to Adam Thielen, I'm just kind of wondering if that type of touchdown production is going to, you know, stay up there. I'm also interested to see if. Chase is even in the lineup because that would mean he's starting him over Lockett. So if he is in the lineup, I'll be very interested to see if Jamar Chase is able to get in the end zone again. And then on, uh, on Drew's side of things, I'm looking at good old Bob Tanyan on the Green Bay Packers coming off of his one reception week last week. You got to think that's he's going to get a little more production. Although I will say Robert Tanyan has gotten a lot of his production from touchdowns in the past. So 
it's definitely a risky play for uh, for Drew, and I think he knows that. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets the production out of him this week. For sure. Um, I'm looking at Mike Williams. If he makes the lineup, I think that this is, you know, it's a riskier play uh, for sure uh, over the other three guys on uh, up right now for, for Drew's team here. But Mike Williams currently number two wide receiver in both standard and PPR formats. Yeah, you got to You got to see how, what, when, it, when it actually is going to either crash or when uh, Drew's going to take advantage of it. If I had him on my team, I could, I would be so hesitant to start him this week because it just feels like he can't possibly put up another good week. But, but he's definitely going to if you don't. So yeah, you're screwed if you do, screwed if you don't. Absolutely. All right, folks, that is going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next time.